0: We're in, in week 48 of Acts, and uh, as we said last week, this was a two-part, so we started the story last week. If you were not here, the first part of the story was Paul casting out a demon out of a young woman, and then her uh, owners bringing Paul and Silas before the magistrates, charging them with this teaching of Jewish stuff that was uh, you know, against what the Romans believed and and uh, anyway, the result of it was is they got beaten, and then they were thrown into jail. And what was interesting is that the issue that they brought up was really not the issue at all, okay? Uh, but nobody took the time to find out the truth. So I'm just going to make one really s- solid statement that I stand behind. That I'm, I'm just going to put it out there for you, where we live in a time in which we have 24-hour news, Right? We are just blasted all the time with news. And so I'm going to just put this out there for you to process. Uh, You need to know the motivation behind the communication if you want to know the truth. Okay. So just put that in your process. You've got to know the, the, the motivation behind the communication if you're going to try to actually know the truth, because everything you hear is just not, it's not, it's not right. All right. Anyway, Sort of like what I said last week, you know. I don't want somebody's opinion. I want I want the truth, and uh, and the word's a place to get it. So all right, let's let's pick up with the new part, Act sixteen, verse twenty five. And I got a lot, so I'm just going to be going pretty fast, probably. Uh, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was this great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, we're all here! Jader called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once. He and all his family. And he brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the, the police saying, let those men go. And the jailer reported those these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Yay! Right? woo "'Therefore come out and go in peace.' "'And Paul said to them, "'They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, "'men who are Roman citizens, "'and have thrown us into prison. "'And do they now throw us out secretly? "'No, let them come themselves and take us out.' "'The police reported these words to the magistrates, "'and they were afraid when they heard "'that they were Roman citizens. "'So they came and apologized to them, "'and they took them out and asked them to leave the city.' So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. Interesting story. I want you to look at one part because the whole story is good. But I'm really just tuned into one part. All right. Uh, The text says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And I want you to think about that for a little bit. After being beaten and thrown into a jail cell at midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God. Uh, Let's suppose for just a moment that, you know, you are Paul and I'm Silas and we have just had the beaten of a lifetime and we are in a prison cell, would we be singing and praising God? Or would we be complaining and whining? Okay? Singing and praising God, complaining and whining, which which would it be? All right? Uh, I would like, to hope that we would be praying and singing, but I have found that complaining and whining is a lot easier. Um, and, it, and maybe it's it, maybe it's because I'm good at it. You know, I go to the grocery store and I complain at the prices, and it's time to pay taxes, and I'm complaining because they went up again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I whine. Uh, I whine when things don't go my way. And uh, when I wake up with a different pain, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good at whining. And I know you guys are just so much better than me, but I, I'm thinking some of you might not be. So how many of you would be honest and go, you know, pastor, I'm pretty good at complaining. Yeah. When things don't go the way we like, them to go, we we, we tend to whine. Um, but I'm also knowledgeable of the fact that if we're honest, when we are in pain it is difficult to praise the Lord. I mean in the natural when you're in pain it's difficult to praise the Lord, right? Yes. I mean if you know if my, if if I just hit my Hand and, and just, I mean, maybe he broke it and it just hurt so bad. It's, it's hard for me to go, Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. I mean, that's just not the natural flow of how it's going to go, right? Um, but then when you stop and process that and put it into reality, you know, when you're emotionally hurting, isn't it also hard to praise the Lord? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when you're exhausted, when you're anxious, when you're distraught, when you're overwhelmed, I mean, really, when you get down to it, there's all kinds of things that can be going on that makes it it difficult for you to feel like, oh, I just want to praise the Lord right now. That's just not the way it naturally goes when you're feeling this or that in certain situations. Um, but here's the truth. You ready? I'm, that's what we really want, isn't it? Yes. And here it is. Prayer and worshiping God should never be based upon what's going on in our lives. Now, that's not easy to handle, but that is really the truth of the matter. Praise and worship should never be based upon what's going on in our lives. And here's the reason why. Because he's worthy regardless. Regardless. Regardless of our situation, he's still worthy. And I mean, if we put it in the perspective of, well, you know, when you feel like it, then here's here's what really happens. Very seldom, (laughs) very seldom are we having such a good day and just bubbling over. And so therefore, we're just going to praise him. You see, if it's based upon how I feel, if it's based upon the kind of day I'm having, then he will very seldom get what he is due, the honor that he deserves. It won't happen if it's based upon what's going on right here in me. Paul and Silas had every reason on earth not to worship the Lord that night. And yet, hurting, bleeding, bleeding, maybe even cold, shivering, they made a choice. They sang a hymn. Process that. I am hurting. I, have, I mean, I have all this pain and, and for something good. I mean, I didn't do, I didn't like steal something and I got caught and I got beat. No, I cast a demon out of a girl and they beat me. And now I'm sitting here in my bonds, in this cold, and if you've ever been over there and seen any of them, I promise you, he's in a cold, damp cell. And so here I am, and I'm Paul. And I look over at Silas, and I think, come on, Silas, let's sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And shyless. Oh, it's my turn. This is my story. This is my song. Really? Really? And yet they did. That's what they did. Now, they didn't sing those songs, of course, because those songs weren't even around back then. But whatever it was that they chose to sing that was bringing glory and honor to God, they could sing it because it was true about God even though it wasn't a prime time to wanna sing it. Because you see, God is good and holy and wonderful and worthy and he deserves to be praised in spite of what's going on inside of our life. You see it's not about what what it, it's not about what's true here. What's true here is I don't feel like it. What's true here is I've had a hard day. What's true is is that he's worthy because he's a great and glorious and mighty God and the savior of our souls. And that's the reason why that we are instructed to bless the Lord at all times; that His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's that continually is a is an important word there because uh, sporadically is the way we want to use it. I will bless the Lord sometimes, sporadically, when I'm feeling like maybe okay. No, He's worthy. Our situations do not determine his worthiness of praise, our situations do not determine his worthiness of praise. Because regardless of our situations, he's still worthy of praise. And the, the crazy thing about it is, is that we've got it the other way around. We think, well, because this is the way I feel, I don't really feel like praising him. then I'm not really going to praise him right now. When the truth of the matter is when you don't feel like praising him, that's probably the best time that you should be praising him. Because when you praise him, you have the possibility of turning it around. Now, I don't know it'll turn around quite as beautifully as it did right here. Bible tells us suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Now, I don't know that every time you praise the Lord, there'll be an earthquake, but I do have a feeling that when you praise him, those bonds (laughs) that are holding you will be broken. It's amazing how that seems to work. But I am positive that if you praise him, even though you don't feel like it, it will do more for you than whining will. And here's what I found out. You cannot start genuinely praising the Lord and giving thanks for who he is, that it does not shift something in your spirit. And begin to do something inside of you. Are you are you did you did you hear that? Yes. When you don't feel like praising him, but you go ahead and choose to praise him, something begins to happen in here that is transforming. You see, we think when I feel like it, I'll do it. But the truth of the matter is by faith I need to do it and then let my feelings catch up. Jehoshaphat learned real quickly, amazing things can happen when praise leads the way, right? Send out an army with a praise team up front and never even had to draw their swords. Well, anyway, the story, of course, is about Paul's uh, leading, you know, first of all, he saved the, the jailer's life by announcing that they were still there. And then he leads him to the Lord and there Jesus saves his soul. And uh, this story, again, is is very much uh, an emphasis of something I said two weeks ago. And that is the fact that uh, salvation is not a secret. It cannot change you and not change those around you. If it, if it changes you, it has an impact upon other people. And, and we see that in this particular story because not only did he get saved, but his whole household got saved in response to his drastic change. Um, so th- you know that's pretty much the whole part of it. But like I said today, as many good things as there is inside this story, there's only one thing that really, I felt the Holy Spirit just tug and tug and tug on my heart to focus in on. And, and um, so I'm gonna look at the jailer just a little bit more closely, all right? So picture with me again that Paul and Silas made a choice to sing hymns, right? And then they're worshiping God, and their worship is interrupted by an earthquake, right? Now, what's interesting is that the jailer slept through the worship service. <coughs> It wasn't until there was an earthquake that he was awakened and then he's looking in the dark to figure out whether or not, you know, there, people are there and of course they are. But, but, but the point is really simple. Their worship service had no effect upon him. Why should it? It wasn't relevant. It wasn't really relevant to him because he didn't have an experience with God. Now I mean, they, they could have been singing it in you know in Hebrew, or they could have sang it in, in Arabic or Greek, which were the three languages that they they probably knew. But the bottom line is, is it wasn't relevant to the jailer, so he just slept through it. And when you don't have a knowledge of God, worship is pretty much irrelevant, right? Now I'm gonna flip that. But what about when you do have a knowledge of God, but you don't really see the relevance of worship? Well, Pastor, it's it's just a song. It's 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 just singing a song. <clears throat> no. Look at me, it's not a song, it's a tool. It's a tool. Just like a scripture verse is a tool to build wisdom, to, to give you direction, to help you to understand something about God, that's the reason why you need to read it is because it's going to help you get from here to there. It's going to help you grow in in the Lord some way, somehow. (laughs) Worship, singing a song, we just had several of them. It's not a song, it's a tool. Just like a wrench or a hammer or anything else, it will help accomplish something if you apply it. And yet, so many people don't really see the benefit of engaging and singing and and letting it help them worship the Lord. But we need to worship the Lord, folks. Listen, we need to worship the Lord. You can look at me all you want to and say, I love Jesus. Well, that's just good. But you need to be a worshiper. He is looking for those who worship him. He's always got his focus. I mean, he loves his children. He loves his family. But his attention is always drawn to those whose focus is on worshiping and giving glory and thanksgiving to his name. Worship is not about us. It's not about how we feel. I made that point already. (coughs) Worship is about Jesus. And we need to worship him regardless of what we are feeling. But you're going to see this line in your notes. But since worship cannot be separated from our thoughts and feelings about Jesus, worship cannot be separated from our thoughts and feelings about Jesus. Then we're basically in a stuck type of position by letting our feelings determine our worship majority of the time. Because they are they are they are connected. The problem is is we think, well when I feel it, then I'll do it. When the reality of it is is you just need to do it and let God bring in the feelings. Yes. You see, I need to worship him. I was created to worship him. I was created to, to fellowship and to spend time with him. Um, and when I'm talking about worship, I'm not talking even just about, you know, just the particular songs that we were doing or the music or whatever. I'm talking about you using the ability to, to give to him Praise, love, and adoration. So my point is this. Worship is impacted by our thoughts and feelings. And so because of that, if we believe he is good, we'll praise him for his goodness. But if we don't praise him and express our love and our thankfulness, it's probably because at that moment we don't really feel it. And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings to hear it so bluntly. But, you know, most of the time people don't praise him because they're just not feeling it at that moment. And I have a very scientific word for you. That's hogwash. Our relationship with Jesus Christ cannot be based upon the feelings. I got into this by faith. And once I asked him to come into my heart, guess what I felt? I felt his presence. I felt his love. I felt like something had happened. But whether the feelings are there or not, the reality of it is, is this is a faith thing. And Paul and Silas may not have felt like praising God, but the best thing they could do at that moment and a whole lot better than just complaining to each other and going man this is a bunch of junk I mean we, we we do the right stuff we preach Jesus we lead people to the lord and we spend more time in jail than criminals this is this is this is fooey now that's where a natural man would want to go but it's a walk of faith. And so what do they do? Nothing. They go, you know what? No, It's just time to praise God. It may not make these wounds feel better, but it's sure going to do something in here. We just need to praise God. Worship is a matter of the heart. And I'm not trying to be critical. And I purposely never looked at anybody that, today to see whether you were sitting there and, When's this part going to be over and we can sit down? Do you love the Lord? Oh, I love the Lord. I just want to sit down. Is Jesus most important thing in your whole wide world? Oh, yeah. But, you know, I don't really like the song. Folks, you're missing the big picture. That's a tool. There was one line there, all hail to the king who reigns from a manger throne. How in the world can anybody sing all hail to the king and it and and, and, and it not have some kind of yes he's a king. He's a king. Yes. So it concerns me that that, that, that so much of the time people don't see the relevancy of worship with their heart, that they're connected. And I'm not talking about your expressiveness in your worship. I'm just talking about the sincerity of it. My concern for people is that so many of them don't see that The relevancy between their lack of desire to praise and worship the Lord has got something to do with their heart. It's got to. It's got to. If I don't see a need to praise him, that's got to be saying something about what's going on in here. And I'm not saying that to be judgmental or critical. I'm just saying... There's got to be something going on in here. That's not where it ought to be if you don't have an interest in expressing to God your love. Praise and worship is a choice. It's a choice. And it's harder to make the choice when you don't feel like it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever even heard this song and I don't, I'll probably butcher up the words, but there is a song that, uh, how many of you know who the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir is? Anybody ever heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? Anyway, and they, ha- they had a song that came out years ago, When I Think About the Lord. And I love the words because it said, when I think about the Lord and how he saved me and how he raised me and how he filled me with the Holy Ghost when I think about how he picked me up, how he turned me around, how he changed my life. It makes me want to shout. Yep. Amen. You see, I don't feel like shouting. Well, you need to put your mind more upon the Lord. Put your mind more upon what he's done. You see, it's, it, it's okay if you're here and you're saying, you know, I just don't feel the goodness of God right this moment in my life. I mean, things are just going horribly wrong. <laughs> okay, I can get that. But since he's still worthy of praise, then I need to start putting my mind upon him and reminding my spirit I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. I I just say, I will bless him when I I feel like it. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Why? Because that's going to do more for me than to just focus my attention on, well, I just don't feel like praising him because stuff's cruddy. Psalms 95, look at it. It's gonna come up here. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. Yeah, you see my water over there. Uh, To the rock of our salvation, let us come into his presence, thank you, with thanksgiving, let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise, praise. For the Lord is great and a great king above all gods. I see this as simple as one plus one is two. We have to just pretty much look at each other and say, come on, let's praise him. Maybe I need to get in front of the mirror and go, come on. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let, let's make a joyful noise. Let us, let us come into his presence. Let us have his heart of thanksgiving. Why? Because he's a great God. Because he's a great God. Yes. So let's praise him. Well, that's a pretty simple synopsis, isn't it? It really doesn't matter about all the other stuff. He's a great God. And that's the reason why we need to make the choice. And and the beautiful part is, is guess what? You don't even have to sing pretty. You just need, you can make a joyful noise. Just, 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 but, but come on. This cannot be a good sign. I should have brought a chair up here, so I can I can I can you know put my hands on the front of the chair, my comfortable position, folks. There's there's got to be something in here that's not being addressed because he's still there, full of glory and greatness. And, and he needs to be the focus because it really isn't about us because he's worthy regardless of what's going on. Right. He's still king of kings and Lord of lords. That's the reason why Paul says this. He says, Ephesians 5, 19, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything. To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that word everything and everything that that everything includes is why I believe some are somehow disconnected and, and their worship is now based upon what's going on or how they're feeling instead of who he is And they don't seem to get the relevancy that they need to have that when they walk into a house of worship, that the goal in here is to worship the God of the house. (laughs) And it doesn't really matter. Well, if that's the case, then pastor, I just won't come when I don't feel like it. Well, what's new? That's been going on in America for a long time. But again, it's not about whether you feel like going to church today, whether you feel like worshiping. You need to read your Bible when you don't feel like it. You need to worship when you don't feel like it. You need to pray when you don't feel like it. Why? Because he's still God. He's still worthy. And if he is, as we say, the Lord of our life, then he should get it. obedience pretty much tells us very clearly that that takes precedent over your feelings. Obedience takes precedent over your feelings. Hebrews, and I think that the, the choice of wording was exactly by the Holy Spirit. Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. Look at that for just a moment. Folks, there's just a ton of theology and evidence to what I'm saying. Continually a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes that's what it is. It's a sacrifice. You're not feeling it, but you know it's right. It, you know He's worthy. <clears throat> the fruit of our lips, acknowledges His name. Well, I was worshiping Him, I just wasn't singing. I think that's a cop out. Yeah, I don't really like singing. Well, that ain't about you. Bible says singing and making melody. Well, I do that in the shower. But this is the place you're supposed to do it. This is what it's all about. Singing, making melody. Sometimes the praise is a sacrifice. But it doesn't matter, folks. He's worthy of that. So when you're hurting, and I get it, I get it, but he's still worthy. You're going through a dry spell. How many of you, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you know about dry spells, right? But he's still worthy, right? He's still worthy. In fact, that may do more for your dry spell than anything else. Well, my home is just in turmoil. Well, you know what? If your home is in a turmoil... When you're struggling with pain, when it feels like there's more bondage than there is freedom, according to what I read about Paul and Silas, the best way to get out of all of that junk is to worship, It's to praise him. You know, every person here could be going through something different, something difficult, and I don't say this without, without sympathy or concern because I can tell you this ain't no perfect kid up here. Kid, that's a really weird, weird, word, weird word for me to use. This, this, this old man up here is, is, is a custom. Look at me. I'm going to tell you something as honest as any preacher can ever tell you. I cannot tell you how many times on a Sunday morning I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like coming up here and preaching. Not today I did. But I can't tell you how many times that, that I had struggles in my own life. I had turmoil going on. 30 years ago, I was pastoring a church. And my wife and I were like two bulls hitting their heads together all the time. And I can't tell you how many times we'd have a spat. Right, You know what that is, right? Spat. That's just, a little, that's just one, one step under a knockdown blowout. All right? We would have that on a Sunday morning. It's like the devil set it in motion every, every Sunday morning that the last few words before I walked out the door would be. And I'd come up here and I'd go, now, God, I can't preach like this, folks. I understand, but He's still worthy. Yes, He is. And if we keep the attention on on the, this mess going on around us, or how we're feeling, or what's going on in here, folks, He'll never get what He's due. And He's worthy. To be praised, and probably nothing we will do will do more for our heart than actually praising Him. And so I said it before; I'll say it again. You need to praise Him. We need to praise Him until our feelings catch up with our faith. Thank you, Lord. There's a there's a song that they play on the radio sometimes. That's the thing about praise. You may have heard that song it's got one line in there I really like it it says it it won't always move the mountain but it's good for your heart it won't always open the jail cell but it'll do something for your heart it may not always cut that chain loose but it will do something for you we need to connect the relevancy between our worship and the state of our being And, and and go ahead and become very honest and go, you know what? I don't feel like worshiping, but I'm going to worship because it's relevant. And the relevancy is is that God is worthy. God is holy. Well, the jailer didn't see the need to worship. He fell asleep while they were in there singing whatever their hymn was. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that I am with 100% confidence that after they gave their heart to the Lord and they got into the jailer's house Paul and Silas are in the jailer's house, and he has, he has doctored up their wounds, and he has put some food in front of them and got them all nice and warm, and, and the, the rest of the family has come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and all that kind of stuff, that if Paul looked over at Silas and he said, "Let's go another round of that blessed assurance that the jailer would have sung." You see, because now it would have been relevant. And, folks, you've got to understand that your worship is relevant. It's relevant because God is God. Would you stand? <clears throat> Father, I pray a simple prayer of blessing upon everybody that's in this room. And that is that you would help us to get the order of our life based upon the spiritual direction over the emotional and physical direction. Genesis tells us that God said And then there was. The most creative force there is is the power of our tongue. So, Lord, help us to begin to speak so that the Lord can do. I need to speak my praise, I need to sing my songs of love and adoration, and then let you do in my heart, what needs to be done. I can't wait for my heart. I can't wait and say, well, Lord, I'll praise you when I feel like it. I need to praise you because you're worthy and let you do what you do. Once I step out by faith, let that be what we hear today. Let that that be the admonishing word that we walk away with. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.